From humble beginnings in the theme park business, Gavin Seipelt has gone on to truly live his dreams. Passionate and with a real love of the industry, he now relishes his role with attraction design company PicoPlay, helping create immersive guest environments across a diverse range of clients. Recorded with the ambient noise of the May 2022 Alara Conference around us, I know you'll find Gavin's love of all things theme parks infectious. If you're enjoying park life, don't forget to take a moment to rate, review and share. It all helps in spreading the word. This week, let's meet Gavin Saipel. Here we are at Alara 2022. After a two-year hiatus, the conference is back in full swing, meeting a lot of interesting characters and people that are familiar faces from times past. One such person is Gavin Seipelt, and he's sitting with me now. Did I get that surname right? That's right. Now, you're How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing well, buddy. Good to see you. Likewise. You're currently with Pico Play. Correct. Can you describe that role to us? Uh, so basically, I design theme park attractions. And so Pico is a company, and we're kind of a bit multifaceted. We do everything from thematic fabrication, we do master planning, set design, attraction design, and we also do a bit of sort of operation consultancy and uh, feasibility studies, that kind of thing. So we're kind of pretty start to finish. And um, so I'm in my element. That's fantastic, mate. And what I'd like to do is go right back in time because I think your story is quite inspirational. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you originally started your theme park life at Warner Brothers Movie World? Correct, yeah. It was um, summer 2007, working in food and beverage and mobiles and out in the sort of the, the sweaty Queensland summer, but it was good fun, you know? For people that don't know, what does that mean when you say I was working food and beverage mobiles? Uh, so theme parks have like these mobile carts that sort of get wheeled out and around the park and so, you know, selling things like hot dogs and popcorn and churros and that kind of stuff. And um, it's, it's one of the harder ones because you, you're actually out in the street and they want you to spruik and, you know, hot, hot dogs, <laughs> cold drinks, chocolate bars, that kind of thing. And you're really sort of interacting with the crowds and in the thick of it. And, and often you're the, you're the ones getting smashed. You know, you're the first ones out in the mornings and the last ones back in the evening. So, yeah, I, uh, I started off doing that. What attracted you to even get into the industry in the first place? Well, I'm, I'm one of those sort of theme park nerds from way back. Uh, I don't know if anyone recalls, there was a game that came out in the 90s called Roller Coaster Tycoon. It was kind of like SimCity, but you'd build theme parks. And, and I think that kind of spurned on this whole generation of theme park, you know, theme park enthusiasts, as you call them. And I sort of started, started off playing that. And then even before that, I used to, when I was a kid, I used to love drawing water slides and that kind of thing. And I discovered there was this computer game where you could do them. And I thought, oh, wow, that's great. And so I sort of started playing this game. And, um, and then I think playing that, it kind of sort of spurned on this interest because that was kind of when, you know, you first, you know, the internet was first, like, you know, a thing when you, you know, you have it at home. And I kind of realized, well, actually, all these rides in this game, these are real world things. And there's real theme parks that have these real rides. And then I sort of got into theme parks that way. And, um, and so I've, I'd always been interested in them. And, and, and I suppose at the same time, going through high school and that kind of thing, I'd always wanted to do architecture. And, and so I thought, well, you know, wouldn't, be, wouldn't it be nice if I could get a career doing, um, doing theme park attractions? So, and of course, in amongst all that, I, you know, would try and, you know, do theme park trips where I could, you know, I think the first one I did was obviously up to the Gold Coast and visiting all the park, parks up there. But as soon as I got my passport, I, um, my sister was living in the United States at the time. So, I, you know, went across to California and started doing parks there and, and that. And so, and so, and so, so, so when I finished high school, I thought, oh, you know, um, you know, I, I got into architecture school and I thought, you know, if I'm going to have a crack at doing working in the theme park industry, I really need to locate myself in Queensland. So I so I did that. I, I moved up here and uh, you know started my sort of five-year degree, you know, at, at University of Queensland. And and I suppose the other thing you need to do is you need to sort of have some some sort of experience in the industry. So 
I sort of applied for a seasonal role at Movie World. I wanted to get into attractions, but didn't get that. So I, I took, I took, um, I got uh, food and beverage instead. And um, so I was sort of coming down on the train to Movie World every day, and you know, working, working the summer shifts, and then. Um, and then after that, I um, was sort of kept on as, you know, sort of a, a casual and it was good because I was able to sort of work weekends in amongst study and, and you know, Village were quite good at, at accommodating that. And, uh, and I guess I, I sort of um, when I was there, I sort of, um, sort of started, you know, knocking on doors and talking to some higher ups. And uh, I think the thing that, you know, I sort of did, I think I, I sort of won when I had a bit of spare time. I just sort of started, you know, drawing up some ideas for some attractions and then... Um, I think uh, you know one day when I was working, I, I think I was working another outlet. I was working in Gotham City Burgers, and I got a call from Mario Sapina, who was the uh, revenue manager at the time. And he says, oh, "You know, Gab, I love your submission. I want you to come and meet um, Bob White, who was the um, the uh, COO at the time." And I did, and then um, you know we sort of sat down, and, and Bob sort of took me through some of the things were coming up, and you know introduced me to um, some of the people in group projects. So I sort of. Uh, and, and you know, from there, I, I kind of kept my contacts, kept my job at Movieboard for, for the five years while I went through study, and um, and then sort of at the end of it, I uh, I basically I think I saw Bob White out in the parking, and I said, "Hey, can I have a job?" And he says, "Okay, I'll get back to you." And then um, didn't hear much for a couple of weeks, and I was thinking, "Oh, you know, am I gonna is this the, is this the end of the theme park career for me? Am I going to have to go become a real architect?" And then uh, and then I get a call from Chris Thurtell, who was in Group Projects at the time, and he said, "Oh, Gab, do you want to come and work in a couple of days? A couple of days a week?" I'm like, "Yes, yes, yes," and sort of you know, sort of got off the phone. I said, Mum, Dad, you know, I've been offered a part-time position in group projects at Village Roadshow, and I'm, I'm like, you know, I was, I was so relieved that I kind of, you know, I'd sort of gotten in, in there in the end, and um, and from there, I, I, I sort of worked on multiple attraction projects right through probably some, of, you know, my proudest one was the um, the DC Rivals Hypercoaster because it was like sort of the biggest, baddest ride Australia's ever done, and it was great. But I, um, you know, there were plenty of good projects I did I did on the on the way. I I really had a soft spot for the. Um, the a DC Villains Unleashed area because that had um, you know all these interactive elements and heavy theming and I'm sort of really big on heavy theming so that was great. I did you know Nickelodeon Land. I did um, Castaway Bay Reef. I did uh, Wet and Wild Junior and all these other little, little bits and bobs over the course of those years um, in projects. So if I can go back a few beats, you talked about even relocating yourself to Queensland because you knew this is where I want to be and I need to put myself in that environment. You were obviously very driven. I suppose there's a bit of fun to it too. I mean, like, you know, I grew up in country Victoria from a place called Shepparton. So I had to move to a capital city to, to study. So I thought, you know, Melbourne's a bit expensive. Why not move up to Queensland? It's cheap and it's nice and it's fun. So and that's what I did. And, and it kind of worked in world my career ambitions as well. What would you say to people that might have ambitions or a dream in their head and a passion like the one you described when you first discovered that you could create theme parks online and there was, there was possibilities? Yeah. What would you say to someone who's equally at a stage of their life where they're thinking, hey, wouldn't this be great? Yeah. And then what would you tell them in terms of what to do about that? I think, I think these days it's like, you know, it's very easy to sort of pursue your interests. I mean, you know, uh, you know, online communities are a much bigger thing these days, I think. And I think the important thing is like, you know, definitely have your dream and you can pursue it and put yourself in the right positions and the right places to pursue that. But at the same time, make sure you have some sort of, um, you know, reasonable skill basis that you can you know fall back on if it doesn't work out you know you know if, if, if this hadn't worked out I would have been equally happy being an architect so um, but and but I've been fortunate that I've been able to sort of do what I do I remember you coming and talking to me about how excited and satisfied you were when some of your ideas were picked up and realized in the Justice League 3d experience 
at Warner Brothers Movie World. Yeah, Correct me if I'm wrong, that had the whole Starro element in there and the crashed UFO? Correct, so well, the, the original concept for that attraction, so basically Starro is basically a giant evil starfish and he's got these little star, Starro spores that he's kind of scattered over Earth and they stick on your face and they take over your brain and all that. And there was going to be one scene in the ride where you, you were going through the city and then you were going to get onto the Starro spaceship and um, and the scene was going to be that you're going to go through like a sort of projection dome of stars and you're going to teleport onto the spaceship. And I thought, hang on, teleporting, that's kind of cheating a bit, right? You know, that's kind of what's like the juice ex machina if I'm using, if I'm, I'm not that great at Latin, but that's the word. And I said, wouldn't it be a lot more dramatic if, um, if the the alien spaceship has actually crash landed on Earth or has landed on Earth and has kind of crushed the car in the process and you sort of bravely go onto the spaceship that way and they, and they sort of adopted that scene. So... So when you go on the ride today, you'll sort of um, you emerge on the city streets, and you and there's this kind of scene where there's a freeway and there's a few cars that are crushed and flipped over, and um, and there in the middle is the um, is the Star Race spaceship. You kind of go in the belly door, and then and then and then, and then from there on, the sort of the storyline picked up picked up as it was, where you're sort of going through and through the bowels of the ship and shooting starfish on the walls and in their tanks and that until yeah. you eventually blow up the ship and escape. So you described at the start just what Pico Play is all about and how much goes on there. Is that a business that is a, a great outlet for your, your creative and engineering skills? Oh, definitely. I think, I think in this role um, now, I, I, I'm, it's definitely a lot more design focused. I mean, previously, I had to sort of mix in a bit of project management, which is, you know, it's... The drive? It's, 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 it's hard. It's, it's uh, like, you know, it's definitely a certain skill set for now. But now, it's, now we're a bit more sort of purely design focused. Um, so, yeah, and, and almost sort of coming in at the, at the ideation stage, you know, we get clients actually coming to us, you know, we don't, we don't even know what we want um whereas i suppose quite often at village um you know it's kind of they, they've sort of picked out the right already and, we, and you know it's up to projects to kind of make it work and make it good um whereas now you know quite often it's i've um done stuff you know at the ground floor and and um and clients have run with it and they've been really happy so yeah and it's, it's, it's been great to sort of do that stuff so i've got you know i've got roller coasters underway i've uh we're doing entire parks overseas uh We've got some like you know temporary attractions coming in 2023, so all, all sorts of stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. Do you um, you obviously get very satisfied with that work? What what gives you the most pride? You talked about the Starro piece and the UFO. What's a Pico project that stands out for real pride in recent time? Well, there's one I'm particularly proud of. I can't. I can't. It's actually it'll be announced in about a month. Still under wraps. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's kind of funny because because projects have such a such a long life cycle. Uh, um, you don't always, um, you don't always, uh, and a lot, a lot of projects, you know, you'll do the design and, the, and then like, you know, the client will sit on it for a couple of years and eventually decide to build it. That said, we've got this great one at the Singapore Zoo where we've done a lot of, you know, spectacular artificial rock work, a huge underground sinkhole that's gonna form the entrance to the park. Mm. And um, uh, actually, I mean, one actually here in Australia, I, I should tell a lie, we, um, Goodbye World down in Victoria. So they're a um, sort of burgeoning theme park. Um, it, was a, it was a wildlife park that's been around for years, had, had a few small amusements. And then, in fact, that was the first big project Pico did was um, basically master plan the park. And, and literally, in less than a year, it went from being basically nothing to being almost this world-class theme park that's now continuing to expand. And um, we did their sort of, um, when I came on board, I was, we did their sort of stage two uh, water park expansion. And that opened just at the start of COVID, so I'd, ne- I'd never got a chance to see it until I did a site visit it back in February. And it has this wonderful resort atmosphere. It's got this huge wave pool. It's got all this, you know, wonderful natural rock work. It's got a couple of big pro slide. It's got a pro slide racing slide and a um, couple of serpentine body slides. And um, it's really sort of beachy looking food outlet. And um, and when you go there, myself and Greg, who's um, our uh, uh, 
uh, sorry, not design manager, sorry, uh, like sort of lead, uh, lead, lead uh, design, basically. Uh, we, we looked at it and we're like, wow, this has turned out, you know, absolutely fantastically. Uh, and you could t- tell it was a place that, you know, you know, you just feel wonderful going to in summertime. It felt relaxing. Uh, didn't even sort of feel, feel theme park at all, even though it had yeah. a bit of bright colour. It um, really just felt like a nice place to go and take your family. So yeah. I think I think it's great sort of seeing these things, these places, you know, you can enjoy. And just and just seeing, you know, your, your, your drawings come to reality and, you know, that sort of... I love stuff that's really sort of visceral and um, has a real feeling to it. That's fantastic. Yeah. What would you say to that kid that had those dreams and was goofing around on the internet and building theme parks? And well, <laughs> you, you know what? We, we, we've always got... We, Quite often we've got opportunities for in- interns, and we've had interns that have stayed through still for us today. Like um, I think Bryce Clark, who, who work, I work with, um, he was a, a slidey at White Waterworld, and um, and he just studied design, and um, and he's like a full time with us now as well. In fact, we, we often we often struggle to um, get interns. So certainly, if you're if you're doing like a design course at the moment and you're um, wanting to kick off your career, um, I'd love to hear from you. Knock on the door. Yeah. And for people that don't know, can you just tell us a little bit about? Where, where does Pico call home? And, and if people did want to find out more about you and the, biz- and the business, where would they go? Um, I, I can't recall our, um, our URL off, off, offhand, but it's uh, like Pico Play. If you look at that, we're the first result. We're also on LinkedIn. But our, our main office is in Narang. Uh, we've also got um, satellite off- a satellite office in uh, KL. Our fa- fabrication factory is in um, Johor, which is just over the border from uh, Singapore. Um, but Pico is actually owned by a bigger company called Pico Group, and they they basically started off doing um, they do a lot of trade shows and and temporary brand activations, and, and so we're kind of very specialised unit that just, just does just does themed attractions. So and yeah, so basically, yeah, the Gold Coast in KL is where where all the magic happens. That's wonderful. Well said, mate. Yeah. And lastly, what's what today is your motivation? What gets you out of bed? What drives you? Um, well, I just like like enjoying life. I mean, like I said, I really enjoy my work, but I love to travel as well. So you know. Got to, you know, got to, got to work to pay for that. So, you know, when I'm not working, I'm, I'm travelling as much as I can. So, and with Pico, there's obviously a lot of travel by the sounds too. Uh, not for the past couple of years, but definitely, it's funny at the moment. Um, I'm here because um, uh, half the office is over in Malaysia at the moment because um, I, I haven't really had a chance to be over there for the past couple of years and and checking up on stuff over there. So, um, I'm kind of holding hold, hold, uh, holding fort here with a few other people. But um, yeah, soon enough, I'm, I've got to, I've got to head across to Hong Kong. I'm, I'm sure in the near future when they open up for a project over there. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's serendipitous that I saw you today because you're someone that I've always wanted to get on Park Life and you're someone that I often refer to to other people in terms of staying fixed on your dreams and then putting an action plan together. Yep. I remember you being in my office years ago and I think you still had your apron on covered in (laughs) Cheros stains from working in the park. I'm sure I took that off. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure you were wearing it. And you came in on a Saturday and you showed me a project you'd been working on at uni and you had designed this from memory, it was either a green lantern or, a, or. A well, that wasn't even a, that wasn't even a thing. That again, that was one of the things that came about when we had that little chat with Bob when I got um, met me and Mario, and he and he sort of gave me their pipeline of projects that were coming up. So I said, okay, I'll just play in that space. Yeah, and, and said, so here's some thoughts on what we should do. And yeah. in the end, we didn't we didn't quite do um, we didn't do uh, green lantern. We, did, we ended up doing Arkham yes. Island, but uh, we did get green lantern coaster in there for the other one. So I remember telling you, and I've told people this since. I remember saying to you, I've seen a lot of presentations in my career. I've done a lot of presentations in my career. I've never seen anything as good as what you'd shown me. And you were you were still in your studies. And it's so great to see the success you've had in living your dream. And Thank you. I think that's a great take home for people that equally might have a vision for what they could achieve in their lives. You've, you're a great uh, example of doing it. Uh, so look, mate, thank you for sitting down. And thanks for just 
agreeing to jump into the space You're welcome. and share your story. It's a wonderful story and I, I'm, I wish you every future success. No worries and good luck with the podcast and everything Village has coming up. Good on you buddy, good Cheers. to talk with you. Thank you. Bye bye. Cheers.